This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. Today, we'll be talking about what it takes to thrive as an entrepreneur. Our guest is John Mark Bolton. After graduating from college in 2013 as a chemistry major, he immediately co-founded his company, Clear Defense Pest Control. In just a few years, he and his colleagues have built a highly rated, environmentally conscious operation. They have a team of over 200 people and they have outlets in eight states. John Mark will tell us about the keys to success that shape his leadership. And he'll offer tips about how you can grow as an entrepreneur. John Mark, I'm, I'm so excited to have you here with us today. You and I met pretty recently when we both spoke at the same class at Ohio University about... Um, entrepreneurship and marketing ideas. And uh, I loved what you were saying and the students love what you were saying. And so I'm so eager to, to have you back. One of the things that fascinated me in your story is you basically grew up learning entrepreneurship. Is that right? Yeah, that, that is correct. And, and first and foremost, Bev, thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure meeting you at Ohio University virtually. But um, yeah, I, I kind of was raised, I'm, I'm the youngest of four with my mom. And my just to kind of give you a backstory of how I got into entrepreneurship, I, my, my parents actually divorced when I was four. And so I was pretty young, pretty young age, and things were quite tough for my mom at the time. She was a stay-at-home mom, and she immediately after the divorce had to you know, go one or two ways. And she put her best forward, put forward every single day. And that's something that I was able to witness even through the tough times. Then there were very tough times through the adversity. I was able to witness what she did every single day to provide for us. And um, so she actually became, she went to school right away. I remember being like four or five, going to preschool. She dropped me off at preschool. She'd go to school. She got her education, became a teacher. And then after a few years, she, um, while she was a teacher, she got into actually Mary Kay. Mary Kay Cosmetics completely, I would say, in a way, saved our family. Uh-huh. And I really, truly, um, I hold a special place for that company because of what it did for us, clearly. What it did for my mom and more, you know, what it, how it helped me get where I am today and teach the proper, in my opinion, mentality and attitude. And so... She stopped teaching after a few years. Um, she had doubled her income with Mary Kay. And I think the basis of my entrepreneurship um, started at a very young age, watching my mom every single day. I mean, she taught me, you know, what is my why? You know, when I was five or six, we're talking about like, it's not about myself, it's about others. You know, never make it about yourself. She taught me goal setting. I, I specifically remember in our house, just seeing goal posters everywhere and that just becomes innate with me and then i start asking her hey mom i would like to have a toy 
And there was a bow and arrow that I wanted. She said, okay, if you want the bow and arrow, you're going to have to earn it. It's not going to be given. Let's set up a goal poster. So we set up a goal poster. Um, it was like $50, it was, which is a lot of money to like, it was back then, I was like eight or nine. Yeah. And she said, okay, so how are you going to earn this? How are you going to make money? And how are you going to get paid to save towards this bow and arrow? And so we got creative and I did side jobs. I introduced my, myself to neighbors and did whatever I could um, to earn income. And then also my mom, when she got Mary Kay product shipped to our house, she'd pay me like a penny per label I put on each product. So maybe uh-huh. after two big boxes of product, I made $2, right? But that was huge for myself. It maybe took an hour or two, but it was, it taught me, Hey, if I do this work, this is what I'll get paid. And, um, so it was, it was big seeing that and being, you know, getting every single day, you know, having a goal and then a plan of action, you know, teaching me what it took to actually achieve a goal. And so at a very young age, I was taught, in my opinion, the the proper mentality and attitude. And it was up to me to achieve that goal, no one else. So that's kind of where it all began. And well, I have, I have so many questions going in in two different directions. Um, One I I hope we'll get back to is whether you're raising your kids the same way, but let's continue with your story for a bit. So you, by the time you went off to college, you understand, you understood how business works, I gather, because you started your company like right after you got out of the University of Louisville and was it um, 2013? Is, Is that correct? That's correct. I, we started uh, my company. And I am one of three founders of Clear Defense Pest Control, and I truly believe, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't be where we are today as a company without all three of us. So I see the value and the respect of everything we bring to the table. But it was actually, I was going to school. I have a bachelor's in chemistry. I thought when I first started school, I was going to go become a dentist. I was going to go to dental school and become a dentist. And so I. You know, throughout those years of growing up with my mom, um, I saw what she did in sales and business. And so, but I had never, I played soccer my whole life. So I went to the University of Louisville in the beginning. And so I had never put myself out in the real world um, because of soccer. It was my life at the time. But while in college, I went one summer uh, to Ocean City, Maryland, and I got a job working commission. And when they told me I would earn commission, it was like, yes, perfect. That's what I've been raised on my whole life. Let me tell myself what I'm worth. Don't let anyone else tell me what I'm worth. And that first summer in Ocean City, Maryland, I worked at a a tiki bar on the bay called MR Ducks. And I sold pictures for the tourist boat rides. And that first summer went extremely well. That was the first moment, Bev, where I was able to actually put everything that I had learned my whole life innately through my mom into one summer. I broke every record um, the owner had, and I truly did whatever it took to not only be, you know, do well for the owner, but do well for, for myself. What, what little things could I do differently to be the best that I can be, but also make the job easier for the owner? How could I make him more sales, but also make this job easier. Because I knew if I did that, he would see the value in me. But that summer was the first summer where I was able to put all of my skills that I had learned 
um, I think sales is a learned ability um, was the very first summer. So <laughs> while I'm in college, I go back to, to school and I'm like, oh my gosh, this uh, being able to tell myself now I was making a, you know, a great income as a college student, what I was worth in the real world, because I was done uh-huh. with soccer at that time, it really changed and shifted my world as I knew at that very moment, I want to be a business owner. And so I actually, Bev, I don't know if you know this, I started a company, it was an online-based auction site for just college, college students with my own money that I made in Ocean City. And while I was in college, while I was, I was studying chemistry. And so I became in love with, with business. And that business did, was not profitable at all. It does not exist to this day. It only uh-huh. lasted a few, a few years, honestly. I lost a lot of money, but what that taught me was my real real world education on what it took to have a successful business. So by the time I had graduated with my chemistry degree, I knew I was not going to be a dentist. Um, I wanted something for me that had an even higher ceiling, if you will, that I never wanted to be handcuffed. And that's when pest control came on my plate, came on my table. Well, I guess there's some... um certain element of of uh chemistry and pest control but why is it that you and your colleagues um chose to find to um uh, start with this company with with this industry right that's a great question and there is a little there is a level of chemistry by the products you know we use but i am not the chemist developing um, those products that we use like you know bayer or basf those big companies they they have chemists that have been doing that for years. And we chose, honestly, when Chris Cunningham, one of the fellow founders, and Jason Brown, the other founder, basically all came together. And we, they had been in the pest control industry. And I, what intrigued me about pest control is I did my own research. I, I, I wanted to see, is this a need? Is this a need? And... Can this sustain not only during the good times, but I wanted to look back in 08 when I was in college. How did it, how did pest control in general do through the downturn, right? What does it do during down markets? And it was actually one of the industries that not only sustained, but grew. So I was like, wow, that's a, that's a tell sign. Yeah. Um, It's a major need. People, one, don't like bugs and then termites do real damage on properties. And I think the price point too, for you know our target market um, is is low enough to where if something hap- were to happen, it's not that much compared to other things that someone may buy, and let alone it being one of, one of the top five needs in the world. I mean, mosquitoes kill the most amount of people every single year. Malaria, other diseases are real, and so pest control is truly important. And so back then, before I got into it, I, I had researched all of that. I was like, wow, this is my path. I'm, I'm about to be the bug guy. And when my, all my friends questioned me, why, John Mark, are you doing pest control? What's in pest control? I knew at that very moment by my mindset that I was doing the exact right thing. And I didn't want to explain why. I wanted to show them. And in the, in the coming years, they, they asked me how to do it. So you... Um, launched your company, and then the next amazing thing, I think, for um, a young company and young leadership 
is that you've grown to uh, 14 locations now in not that many years. Um, and uh, you're in eight states and you have more than uh, 200 team members. How, how did you go about um, not just launching a local company, but uh, planning and implementing a growth plan like that? Yeah, that's a another great and loaded question. I, I want to first say we have way more to do, way more to accomplish, and way more to learn. And it's very, you know, we are very happy with where we are today, but we are still very hungry. We're very much a long-term company. We're going to be in this for a long time, and and being becoming a national brand is very, very much a goal of ours, and we want to be intentional with that goal through our actions every day to get there. I think in the beginning, um, back in 2013, I think, you know, you always have confidence. You know, we weren't cocky, um, but we had confidence in our ability of what we could do and create a better mousetrap within the industry and truly show the customer, hey, there's something better than what you've got right now out there. And that's why I think competition is a beautiful thing. And I think... Um, there's a lot of little things that we did right and we still do today, but, but what helped us get to where we are today. And that in itself has been a journey. Those few years have been a, a journey. I've learned a lot. I think we are most definitely bev further right now, um, than we thought we would be back in 2013. If we could guess, Hey, 2020 will be at this point. We, we have far exceeded all of our goals, but then you reset them. And, um, that's that's exciting within itself, but what's more exciting is, okay, now we've done this the past few years. Where are we going to be now 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now? It's um, exciting to watch an entrepreneur like you and your team. At the class, uh, I was so interested in the clarity with you, uh, which you spoke about what you regard as the real pillars of success for an entrepreneur. I, I'd love it if you'd go through uh, kind of your three pillars of entrepreneurship and, and share those with our listeners. Of course, I'll, I'll do it as quick as possible because we broke that down into three weeks, you know, once a week for three weeks and we discussed each pillar. So I, I created, I, once, I wanted something to be able to share with the students of what has helped me personally get to where I am today and knowing that I'm still creating my own story. But this is what has helped me and all my years of experience and what's helped you know us reach a, a level of success. But the first thing, and I think it's, um, they're all equally important, but I think it starts with grit. That's the first pillar of success, grit. You've got to have the willpower to do things when you don't want to. And I think what helps with that is, you know, I go back to my childhood of my mom, like, hey, what's your why? Why are you doing this? You know, why are you waking up every day? Why do you want to do something when you actually don't want to do it? Why are you still doing it? And so it's, you know, having the right, you know, mentality to actually hit accelerate when maybe you're tired. So that was one, just having that grit to get past, you know, the old Navy SEAL saying, embrace the suck. Well, that's when we build character. When we go through adversity, we force ourselves through it. We're going to build character and become better. So grit was number one. Number two was giving. I think giving is a huge part of success and what a lot of, especially college students, don't understand. Um, Giving your not only finance or, you know, financial giving, but 
you know, even yourself, giving yourself to who you are to others, you know, helping as many people as possible achieve what they would like to achieve. Um, I think that, you know, you kind of get true fulfillment from that. And it always comes back tenfold. So, and then the third pillar of success would be just the ability to sell. I think sales is definitely a learned ability. You could learn sales as a five-year-old. You could learn sales as an 80-year-old. But as long as you're willing to embrace it and go through that adversity, you know, we and have the mentality, we either win or we learn, that's it. No doubt, with time, you will learn sales. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Ready to advance your career while accommodating your busy schedule? Central Ohio's only Executive Master of Public Administration program for working professionals can help you. It's conducted by the Ohio University Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at the new Ohio Dublin Center campus. It's affordable and meets just three weekends per semester. No GRE is required for admission. For more information, visit oempa.ohio.edu. So let's go through these uh, three a little bit, and maybe we'll start with sales. We'll go in reverse order. Okay. I um, absolutely agree with you. As a as a career coach who works with lots of different kinds of professionals, I think almost any job has some element of um, sales as, as sort of an essential part. But I notice a lot of people think, oh, I can't sell. I hate selling. I think selling is creepy. Um, and sometimes it's, it's hard to move uh, people past that. And it's hard to convince people that sales schools are, sales skills are learnable. So say in um, your company, I, I'm sure you are um, developing a culture of customer service and sales. How, how do you... Um, help people learn to sell. So culture is incredibly important. And that is part of our culture is, hey, everyone, whether you're a true salesman, you know, hired as a sales rep or a technician or an office staff member, everybody sells in some way, shape or form. And so we have a program that we actually put um, sales reps through. And it's an intentional program to put them through the ringer, if you will. But we were able to transform someone in just three, four months from maybe they had no clue of what it took to sell us, but putting them in the real world, letting them fail. I think that letting your team members fail is, mm-hmm. is important because that's their opportunity. That's a coachable moment. And one, in many ways, of literally what they're doing, their task at hand, but more importantly, a coachable moment of how to handle it mentally. So we help with our culture of being selfless. Uh, part of our culture is it's not about us. It's about everyone else. We do this together. So, if, and for example, if we see someone struggling, well, the other person's going to hold them accountable and help them 
achieve long-term success by helping them mentally and how to overcome um, a challenge, but developmental toughness. So that in the long run, although you may have failed initially, if that comes across your plate, you're increasing your odds to win. So it's accountability. It's a culture within our company um, to where if we see a man down, we're here to bring him up, not pound them down. And, and a big part of it is helping. It makes a lot of sense. And a big part of it is, it sounds like, uh, is helping people um, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, with recognizing that in sales, uh, you know, it's a numbers game sometime and you have to try more than once. And that feeling of um, disappointment um, when you don't make the sale, uh, you can't allow that to take over. You just, ha- it's, it's not something you manage as personal rejection. It's just part of the process, right? You just have to get comfortable I, with the process. I couldn't agree more. I love the saying, you know, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's where we're going to grow. And that means you're being intentional. If you're uncomfortable, that you're intentional about getting better. That's how it should be viewed. That's a great thing. It should be applauded. And so within our culture too, you know, say it's just we're reviewing sales reps and we're looking at production. You know, the, 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 leader, the leaderboard will show who's the top sales rep and who's the bottom sales rep. But the, the most important thing for everyone to know, especially the people at maybe the bottom is that, hey, you too could achieve the top. They put a lot of work and effort to achieve that. So don't compare in a negative light. You know, comparison can be, a, you know, is a, a thief of joy. I love that saying. Comparison is a thief of joy because everybody has a starting point. But at the same time, anybody could achieve it. But create your own path. And as long as you, got the, you have the right attitude and the right mentality, you too one day will be on top. And boy, oh boy, that'll be a story to share to where you too, now it's your duty to light another candle and help others through the process. And, I truly and think the, that's what's my responsibility is to light as many candles as possible. So the lighting of candles, um, that takes us to your, your second pillar, which is giving. And I, I right. totally agree. If you look at any context, it seems like um, a big chunk of the successful people are people who just give to others. They're very focused on the needs of others uh, and focused on lighting um, candles. In, a, in your example of um, supporting people who are struggling, that's, that's a way of giving. What other kind of giving um, is part of uh, your business culture? Um, other than like giving our time outside of business, we kind of can think of within the business and I spoke on it a little bit, but our, our upper management, if you were, I would call it our leadership team. It is their duty to create themselves as, as I've tried to create myself within the leadership team of Jason and Chris have done the same thing. Um, we realize real quick how important that is. So I think how can you be intentional? When I do an interview, I'm asking, what was the last selfless act that you did and what was it? If someone can't answer that question, I'm not going to hire them because that tells me right away they're, they're thinking about themselves and not others. So ultimately, every day, I could tell a lot about someone by that answer, but every day, are they trying to make it about themselves 
or are they trying to help others? Because I think if you're helping others achieve success or a task or whatever it may be, maybe you get nothing in return, but in the long run, you will. And so within our business, it's everyone has a helping hand. Everyone's role is respected. No one is more important than the other. You know, I think in business, we talk about this all the time within our business, but you have, you know, your ops side and your sell side. The starting point is sales, extremely important. But you know what else is extremely important? The ops side. So there has to be a mutual respect. Mm-hmm. No one is better than the other. If you have that mentality, then you're able to actually help. No matter what your role is, you're actually able to help the other person achieve maybe a goal of theirs. Um, you know, we. <laughs> it's funny. A lot of our offices, you'll see goals set up on our walls, outside of offices, in someone's maybe locker, but shown to everyone. So everybody could help each other achieve all the goals that are out there. And that is a part of our culture. That kind of um, culture where relationships matter and a part of the success, that supports grit. I mean, grit is like getting yourself up and trying harder when you don't feel like doing it at all. But isn't um, a leadership culture and a set of relationships of people doing the same thing, that's one of the big um, secrets of, of learning grit is being part of a team where other people understand the, the need to keep going. Is, is, is that what you think? Yeah, it's, it's accountability. When you have that, if you have grit in your culture, boy, oh boy, get ready. Um, I think it, you know, it's funny how all the pillars kind of tie to each other. It's kind of why I was like, wow, this is kind of why, why I created, created them. Um, but you've got to be intentional about giving every day. And that ties in grit because guess what? You could wake up and feel bad or maybe you're sick, but we got to still be able, how are we going to give? How are we going to still sell? How are we going to have a smile on our face? How many smiles are you going to put on someone else? So it's, you got to be very intentional and, and grind sometimes. And even when you're, maybe you're not feeling the best, got to hit accelerate. And it always comes full circle when you're like, at the end of the day, when you know you've done your best, you've done your part, you've done a, you know, you've done the right thing always. It's funny how success can start to chase you. And I think it brings me to a point, Bab, where like if if anybody chases success or chases money, it's always at one day going to run away. But if we just chase doing the right thing, doing our part, that will chase you. The success, the good will chase you. And wouldn't that be fun? I I see that every day. I totally agree with you. But now I want to return to the question that flitted through my mind earlier when you were talking yeah. about your own childhood. As you were talking about those three pillars, it, it struck me that um, that I bet you're saying the same things as a dad. <laughs> Is Most this, definitely. Uh, this sounds like a family culture. Right. And my kids are only four and two. I've got two boys. And uh, they are my world, you know, my wife, my family, my two kids, they're my world. And, and they're going to live in a different world that I grew up in as far as the house, as far as the things that may be around them. However, I'm going to be intentional about them living in the same world that I lived in of teaching them mentality and attitude, raising them on commission. They will not be given anything unless they earn it 
And so I'm already my four and two year old, two year old doesn't really know what's going on, but he does it because the four year old, I've got a list of chores on the refrigerator that uh, our, our kids do. And uh-huh. right now they're so young, but every check mark for every job they do, they get a coin and they save up. And we, 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 we have them once he receives his coins, he puts it literally, a, he's got three piggy banks, one's to save, one's to give, and one to spend. So we're teaching them that from an early age. Um, it is going to be a challenge of mine. I think any parent will experience that challenge of, hey, how do I, how can I continue to evolve my family tree in the best way possible? And, you know, the old saying, you know, um, success skips a generation. Well, I don't truly believe it. And I want to take that challenge and try to make my kids better versions of myself. If I have done that in my life, my life will be fulfilled. Well, it sounds like, um, from what I hear, that you enjoy working with young people. I I know that um, you're you hire interns and and that it's a good teaching experience for them. Are, do you have an internship program, or how do you do that? We do. Our internship program is our sales program. And it's for the summer. It's three to four months. We, we hire a lot of college students. And what we have found is that those that actually take the tools we're given and finish the program, we have a, if they don't continue with us, we have a hundred percent higher rate for those students right out of college because it puts gold on their resume. That's probably one of the toughest three or four months um, that they have, that they have ever experienced. But at the same time, as you know, Bev, Anytime you go through a tough time and you make it at the end, how much you have grown. And these men and women, these college students are growing exponentially. And, and that is the, the coolest thing to witness. Like you're a life coach. How cool is it to see someone actually take the tools, apply it to their own life, and it fulfilled their life too. And then in return, we experience fulfillment because it is so cool to see someone grow. And grow under, especially if they're your responsibility, um, there's no better feeling than to see someone's life change and they too get to change their family tree for the good. Is helping people grow one of your favorite parts of being a leader in your own business? That is is my most favorite part of my company. You know, I, I don't see myself, you know, it's way more than just being the bug guy. It's it's impacting a lot of lives. And I'm trying to teach, you know, what is the right thing? How do you experience long-term success? Um, teaching is honestly my favorite thing to do on this world. Well, I um, hear from uh, your fans at Ohio University that you are uh, – widely respected as a teacher, partly because you're a guy who's still learning and is always going to be learning. And I think that's an important part of a teaching culture is that it's a learning culture. Speaking of learning, I we're just about out of time. But before we close, I wonder if um, you have any suggestions for um, listeners who might be out there who didn't grow up in a household where kids were raised on commission and they're are kind of nervous about the idea of, of starting a business, but maybe they want to do a side gig. Maybe they want to, you know, an um, extra stream of income. 
and, and they're just a little afraid to get started. Do you have any suggestions for people who want to become more entrepreneurial, but it just feels too foreign and scary? Yeah, well, the fear, the nerves, all of that is normal. We all experience that. Um, so let that give you comfort. I would encourage it, um, especially if you've never done or even had a mindset of an entrepreneur, you can achieve it. Know that first. If that person can do it, well, so can I, but it's up to me. And so start being and taking action every day of how do, how are you going to have your goal? You know, one very great analogy is, you know, you can bring that boat clo closer to the dock. So if you start a side gig, hey, don't make it your, you know, your life. You don't have to put it all on the line. Start a side gig. And guess what? If your boat, if that becomes successful, your boat gets closer to the dock, then you can make that ultimate leap and leave your prior, maybe job, and continue your, the job or, or business that you built in which you will provide jobs. Um, anytime you can get that boat closer to the dock, you're going to feel more comfortable making that leap. Not to say that you can't just leap right away, but you know, if you think you can, if you think you can't, Henry Ford's quote, yes. I truly believe that. So I always think I can. I encourage others that have never done this or taken that leap, always believe you can and know that you're going to win or you're going to learn. So create your own story. Go do it. Make it happen. Get your head in the right place and uh, remember why you're doing it. So take some action steps. It can be small. And if it doesn't work, like your first business didn't work, it'll be learning and uh, along the path to your next success. Yeah, take some more action steps. Don't ever stop. You know, it's only truly a failure, Bev, if you stop. You, everyone knows that. So how are you going to get your boat closer to that dock where you can make that leap? Well, that is a good way to um, end our conversation. I think that's excellent advice, and I really appreciate your being with me uh, today. You've got a lot of uh, good advice and a, and a very, I think, um, inspiring story. Well, I, it's been a pleasure again um, speaking to you, Bev, and I, if I could help anyone just through this podcast in any way, shape, or form, I'll be over the moon. Today, we've been talking with John Mark Bolton about what it takes to thrive as an entrepreneur. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Bev Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. Today's tip is that sales skills are important in many careers, and yet, some of us find selling to be a bit icky. But you can get past that by stepping out of your comfort zone and becoming more comfortable with feeling a little bit of discomfort. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll come back soon for more good talk about building a rewarding and resilient career.